reading together verses 5 through to 10 at this point. Paul, writing to the Christians at Corinth here, is talking about how our bodies, our earthly homes will be destroyed, but how God will give us wonderful new bodies, resurrection bodies, and take us to our glorious new home in heaven. We take up Paul's message to the Christians at Corinth in verse 5 here, 2 Corinthians 5. This is God's word. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we're always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we're of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Ending our first reading at that point. I was on the phone with Andy Little in Nantes on Friday, and I care very much about our theme this evening, telling others of the righteousness and the saving deeds of our Lord, displaying his strength and his might to every age. Please turn with me again in the Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This time we're going to read verse 11 and then verses 14 to 21. Second Corinthians 5 verse 11. Therefore knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But we, what we are, is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. Verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we have no regard. We regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. 
God bless to us these readings of his word. Friends, prime ministers in every generation face controversies. Controversies often of their own making. Our present Prime Minister, Mr Cameron, is no exception. In past months, Mr Cameron's own actions have been under the spotlight because the phone hacking scandal, of course, has come to light. And Mr Cameron had hired Andy Coulson of the News of the World, the paper at the centre of the scandal. Now, of course, before Mr Cameron, there was Mr Brown and there was Mr Blair. And both of them got embarked, sorry, got embroiled in controversies during their times as Prime Minister. 35 years ago, in 1976, when I was just a young lad, James Callaghan became Prime Minister. And James Callaghan got himself into a controversy. Because as Prime Minister, Mr Callaghan made a controversial appointment. He appointed his own son-in-law to be the British Ambassador to the United States. Well, not surprisingly, Mr Callaghan was criticised by those who thought that he was showing favouritism. Now, I'm not going to comment on the controversy, but I mention it because this evening... I want us to think about what an ambassador is. What is an ambassador? Well, our Queen and her government cannot be in every country of the world. And yet, in virtually every country, there are British people. And virtually every country has some dealings with our little nation. And so plainly, we need to have somebody to speak for us in these different countries. Somebody must be appointed to speak with authority on our behalf. And therefore, in the United States, there's a British ambassador. And he speaks on our behalf. He's the official representative of the British people in America. And then in a similar way, there is a US ambassador in Britain. He lives, I understand, in a very large and splendid looking building in London, the American Embassy. And this American ambassador speaks to us on behalf of the U.S. government. So that is what an ambassador is. An ambassador is one who represents his country abroad. My friends, in Bible times, ambassadors were a bit different. Because back then, ambassadors were personal messengers. And they were sent on a special mission on behalf of a ruler. Such ambassadors were under the ruler's authority and they were to declare the message that their superior gave them to deliver. Now in Paul's day, the Romans had two different kinds of provinces in their empire. These two kinds of provinces were composed of different types of citizens. On the one hand, friends, there were what were called senatorial provinces. And these senatorial provinces were made up of law-abiding citizens. And so there were no troublemakers in these provinces. There were no rioters, the likes of which we've seen over in England 
last year. Everyone in these provinces submitted to Rome's rule and they peacefully obeyed Rome's laws. Senatorial provinces. On the other hand, there were what were called imperial provinces. Now these imperial provinces were the trouble spots. These were the areas where the troublemakers lived. And so in these districts, there was a lot of anti-establishment feeling. And folk rebelled against the authorities. And they were a real headache to Rome. Well, it was to these imperial provinces that Rome sent ambassadors. It was to these areas of anarchy that Rome sent her ambassadors. Not to the quieter provinces where there was no trouble. Well, friends, Paul took up this thought when he wrote about ambassadors here in verse 20 of this chapter. Writing to the Christians at Corinth, Paul said, We are ambassadors for Christ. That is, we are Christ's ambassadors in a world that is fighting against his rule and against his kingship. Friends, throughout our world, the vast majority of our fellow men continue to rebel against King Jesus, their creator, sustainer and judge. Most people continue to reject his rule over them. Well, if Christ has saved you, King Jesus has sent you into this rebellious world as his ambassador. My Christian friends, I want us to reflect on three things tonight about our role as Christ's ambassadors in this rebellious world. Think with me first of all, please, about our responsibility. We have the most remarkable responsibility as ambassadors. Because as Christ's representatives, we are representing who we are represent who are we representing in this world? We're not merely representing some earthly king or queen. We are representing the King of all kings. We're messengers of the ruler who governs over all other rulers. My Christian friend, King Jesus has a representative in your school and college. There is somebody to speak for King Jesus there, and it's you. And King Jesus has a representative in your workplace. There's somebody to speak for him there. It's you. And King Jesus has a representative in your family and in your neighbourhood. There's somebody to speak for him there. It's you. No matter where you are, if you're a Christian, you represent King Jesus. And you have been appointed by him to speak for him there. It's a remarkable responsibility, isn't it? It's a phenomenal privilege. Not all of us are called to full-time Christian service. Andy and Heather Little, they've headed off to France as missionaries of our church. And it's wonderful. And we're praying for them. We're right there with them in every way we can be. And eight men from our denomination are at our theological college to train to be full-time pastors or mission workers. But such full-time Christian service isn't for most of us. 
But every believer is called to full-time Christian living. And so no matter what you are, sorry, no matter what you're doing each day, you're to be living as a representative of King Jesus. God has given you this great responsibility. You may know a poem which is entitled, I am, I am my neighbour's Bible. The thrust of the poem is that my neighbour never reads his Bible. And so the impression that my neighbour has of God, to a great extent, is what he gets from me. Yes, my neighbour's opinions of God and the Gospel he forms, to a great extent, from what he sees and hears in me. It's a great challenge, isn't it? Concerning our conduct and our words. Because by them, I'm either representing King Jesus well, or I'm misrepresenting him. Back in Old Testament times, the Lord appointed the Jews to represent him on the earth. But in Romans chapter 2, verse 24, Paul had to spell out to the Jews some hard truths. Paul said to them, Because of you, God's name is blasphemed among the, among the Gentiles. In other words, Paul was spelling out that the average Gentile had the totally wrong impression about God and indeed was saying despicable things about God and it was their fault, the fault of the Jews, because they were misrepresenting God. That would be a terrible thing to be said about you or me. Jesus Christ being misrepresented at your school or university or place of work or in your family circle or community. People being given a totally wrong impression of who the living God is and what the living God has done and what he promises. And they've got this wrong impression because you or I have misrepresented him. It's a tremendous privilege to be an ambassador of Christ but it's also an awesome responsibility to be representatives of the King of Kings. Our responsibility. Secondly, friends, let's consider together our resources. Ambassadors employed by governments today are usually very well provided for. They have wonderful resources. Nations view their ambassadors as very important people who have a vital role to play. And so they usually, they're usually very well financed with big salaries. And ambassadors are usually well equipped with all that they need. Embassies today are generally well supplied with all the mod cons of our times and full of resources. What about ambassadors of Christ? Well, we have been given the greatest responsibility of all. We're representing the one who reigns over all creation. How are we resourced? Well, plainly, we can't live as his representatives depending upon our own resources, can we? And our Saviour knows that. He doesn't expect us to represent him depending upon our own resources. He's well aware that in ourselves we're powerless to live for him. And so he himself equips us with all that we need for this great task. He equips us with his infinite resources. 
Paul wrote to the Christians at Philippi who were, who were being stretched in their service. He wrote to them in Philippians 4.19 My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He'll supply all of your needs. And so Christian friends, we're to abide in a close, intimate relationship with Christ day by day. But as we do so, our King will provide for us all the wisdom and all the courage and all the inner strength and all the grace that we need to be his representatives where he has placed us. As long as we see, we're seeking his honour and his kingdom first, he will see to it that we lack nothing that we require. That is his promise. And so there's no need for us to worry because our king is able to fulfil all his promises. For all the resources of heaven and earth are at his disposal. They're in his hand. He holds all authority in heaven and on earth. And he assures us as he sends us out to represent him, I'm with you always, day in and day out, even unto the end of the world. David Livingstone is one of the most well-known ambassadors of Christ in history. Livingstone served King Jesus in Africa for many years, I think travelling about 72,000 miles throughout Africa, up and down rivers, going to many lands and to many peoples. The University of Glasgow honoured the great missionary with a doctorate. Well, on receiving his doctorate, David Livingstone spoke to the assembly. And Livingstone referred to these words of promise by King Jesus. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. David Livingstone testified that day in Glasgow University before the great assembly. On these words, I staked everything. And these words never failed me. I was never left alone. My king never broke his promise. That's what he was saying. And so, my Christian friend, take heart. Our king assures us personally that all his ambassadors' needs will be looked after. Our king is 100% committed to taking care of everyone who is representing him in this world. Well, we've considered our responsibility and our resources as ambassadors of the King of Kings. Let's thirdly and finally consider our rules, our rules for being good ambassadors of King Jesus. Number one, we're to live by our King's standards. We can't live by the standards of the people around us we can't be conformed to this world. That's what Paul stresses in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Rather, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can discern and do our king's will. Paul is quite clear. He's telling us in Romans 12, don't think like unbelievers. Think as God thinks. Think as your king thinks. Don't be shaped by what this world says. Be shaped 
by what your God says. That's the only way to be an effective ambassador, living by your king's standards. Don't be like a chameleon, being one thing when you're with Christians and another thing when you're not with Christians. Keep listening to your king and in the power of his spirit, keep living out his word. Second rule, keep in touch with your king's headquarters. Keep in touch with your king's headquarters. Think of a British ambassador abroad, never contacting London. Never asking for instructions. Never giving reports to London. Just doing his own thing in his foreign field. It's inconceivable, isn't it? He couldn't be a good ambassador if he, was, if he was never in contact with the government that he was to represent. Each country, I understand, has its own policy document expressing the nation's position on many different matters. Well, ambassadors have to know and to remember the, co- the contents of such a document. Well, friends, God's policy document is obviously the Bible. What God says in this unique and inspired book, it reveals his character and it reveals his purposes and it reveals his methods for getting things done. Well, clearly it's essential for all of Christ's ambassadors to be reading and to be meditating upon this inspired book. Because this is how we discover God's will for us in this world. This is how our King guides us in our daily decisions and in our everyday tasks. And so we have to keep in touch with our King through digging daily into his word and also through prayer. Prayer is the most marvellous gift. For as Christ's ambassadors, we can come directly to our great King at any time, in any place. Friends, an ambassador on the phone could have his telephone line cut or his emails could go astray. Earthly means of communication can be interfered with. But that is not true of prayer. Nothing can ever stop us approaching our King in heaven in prayer as we come trusting in Christ alone. Hallelujah. And so, Christian friends, we're to be people of prayer as we represent Christ. The best ambassadors are those who keep in closest contact with the King of Kings. And so I must ask you, are you keeping in close contact with headquarters? Are you in constant touch with the throne of grace? I'm sure you can't have failed to notice how so many people today can't leave their mobiles down for a second. They're always picking up their mobiles to check if there's another text there or maybe to send one on. It uh, sends my head a wee bit to see it happening so much. I think mobiles are great. I use them myself. Um, they're always wanting to keep in touch with others and that's good Christian friends we shouldn't be able to leave prayer down constant contact with the king of kings is the most vital contact of all pray without ceasing it's the only way to live the Christian life praying in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of 
requests and prayers with all perseverance for all the saints. Being watchful and prayerful is essential for being an effective ambassador for King Jesus. And so we've got to be living by our King's standards and keeping in touch with our King's headquarters. But then a third rule, to be good ambassadors for Christ, we must be reflecting our King's character, mustn't we? Reflecting his character. Think of Daniel in godless Babylon. Daniel always stood firm for what was right. Daniel couldn't be budged. Daniel lived by his king's standards. But Daniel wasn't unpleasant about it in any way. Daniel was bold without being brash. The love and the wisdom of his king shone through Daniel. And Daniel always showed a great concern for the godless Babylonians. Even for the terrible tyrant, Nebuchadnezzar, he had a deep burden for the tyrant, longing for him to be converted. As ambassadors of Christ, we may well cause offence in the world, but the offence has got to come from what we say, from our message, and not with how we say it. If we upset unbelievers, or if we upset our fellow believers, it's got to be what we stand for, not the way we stood for it. We mustn't be overbearing or pushy, aggressive or harsh. We must be gentle and respectful with everyone. We mustn't be proud or feeling superior as representatives of the king. We must be humble. Friends, principled people who stand for gospel truth have at times been very unpleasant in their manner. We may not fault what they say, but the way they say it is all wrong and dishonouring to our King and it's damaging to Christ's cause. Ambassadors of Christ are to show unwavering loyalty to our King and to his standards, but at the same time we must be winsome and gentle and gracious as we take such a stand. We must reflect our King's character. The third rule. Fourth rule. We must communicate our king's message if we're going to be good ambassadors. Imagine an ambassador who was, who's given a message from his superiors at home going to a foreign government but then saying nothing of what he's been told to say or getting all confused and mixed up. What sort of an ambassador would that be? Imagine a king telling his ambassador this is what you're to say, and then the ambassador goes to tell something different, or leaves part of it out, or adds to it, or waters it down. Yet that is a sad reality of what's happening in many churches. And tragically, many professing Christians today don't even have a clear view in their minds what the God-given gospel is. They're not sure of their king's message. The God-given gospel is a message about God being in Christ. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19-21 to 21 spells out. Christian friend, do you ever talk to anybody about that? How God is in Christ? It's a message too about trespasses and sins and rebellion. Do you ever talk to anybody about that? It's a message about reconciliation. 
is a message about rebels coming back to God because Christ was made to be sin, although he himself never sinned. It's a message about sinners being able to become righteous before God through Jesus. Hey, Christian friend, do you ever talk to anybody about that? It's a marvellous message, and it's not complicated. God is angry, righteously angry with rebels, and if rebels stay as they are, they will be condemned forever. But Jesus, in astounding grace, was punished in the place of rebels, and his perfect life is reckoned to the account of rebels if they repent, if they confess their sin, and trust in his mercy. It's a message that people must turn away from running their own lives and submit to King Jesus. It's a straightforward message, yet many get it confused. And many leave parts of it out or water it down. My Christian friend, if you're to be a good ambassador of Christ, you must grasp this key message and be able to communicate it clearly to people around you who are still rebelling against God as opportunities open up. And you must implore people on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to Almighty God before it's too late for them, before they're condemned forever. And so to be a good ambassador, you must live by your king's standards and keep in touch with your king's headquarters. You must reflect your king's character and communicate your king's message. But finally, the fifth rule is that you must remember your king's judgment. All ambassadors have to give an account to those over them. Ambassadors have to report about what they've done and said, what they've done, what they haven't done, what they've said and haven't said, about what initiative they've taken. Well, we too will have to give an account. We're all going to have to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, as Paul writes here in 2 Corinthians 5. And each of us will will receive what is due to us, The things we've done and haven't done as Christ's ambassadors. Now this judgment I'm talking about won't be about our salvation, of course. In Christ, we are saved now and forever. Hallelujah. But this judgment is to determine. It's to determine the rewards will be given or not given. The word translated appear here in verse 10 of chapter 5, means to be revealed. To be revealed. And so at this judgment, what we really are will be revealed. And what we have been involved in in this world will be uncovered. At the judgment seat of Christ, the records will be opened. And each Christian's work will be revealed and judged by King Jesus. And those things that were faithfully done faithfully done for his glory, will be rewarded. Just as human leaders bestow medals for meritorious service, so our great king will recognize his faithful ambassadors and bestow rewards upon them. Do you ever think about that, my Christian friend? What you do and what you say every day of your life really matters to your king in heaven. The rewards he gives. They're talked about in the Bible. They're talked about as crowns. 
Paul writes about a crown that will last forever in 1 Corinthians 9. And elsewhere he writes about the crown of righteousness to Timothy. And James writes about the crown of life. And Peter writes about the crown of glory. My Christian friend, one day you will stand before your king's judgment seat. And he will assess your service for him. Does this not spur you on to be a faithful, zealous ambassador for Christ today? Are you going to, you're going to have to give an account to your king of what you've done and haven't done. What you've said and haven't said. How you've spent your time. How you've spent your money. How you've used your gifts and your abilities. How you've responded to opportunities he's given you. To serve him and to speak for him. What is the reward that you should be longing for most of all? Paul tells us here in verse 9. So we make it our aim to please him. Surely you want to live your life in such a way that you are well pleasing to your king. Surely you want more than anything else to hear him say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. That would be the most precious reward of all. For you to be commended by the King of Kings. May it be for each of us who serve him as ambassadors in this generation, wherever he places us in this life.